at heart. All right, so we're gonna, uh, we've been talking about how to elevate behind the scenes. And we ended last week with uh, a question I had got from Ibsen a while ago, am I still growing? And so when he asked the question, just like, you know, uh, we were talking about this at Bible Study Fellowship, you know, uh, a lot of times when you're leading and people ask questions, you know, you, you don't want to just give them an emotional answer. You want to give them the truth. So you want to make sure you're uh, already ready, right? Ms. Lamar, James, Z, like you want to be filled up already. So if somebody asks you a question, you pour it out, not um, what you asked me for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You really want to. Um, so the response that just came out of my spirit was, yes. Are you still growing? Yes. You haven't arrived yet. Uh, but it wasn't for him, it was for all of us. Like, we're constantly evolving and growing or transforming, as the Bible says in Romans 12, too. And so, so we're going to talk about a few things today because remember, we've been in this cleft or behind the scenes, not hiding um, from purpose and truth, but strategically placed in a position of preparation where we're not seen as of yet, but as we're equipped, God's going to resurrect us and put us out on the forefront, right? We talked about that a little bit in the um, discipleship class this morning, just how the heart uh, is so valuable, but it's unseen. But it actually gets, you know, we, we got to feed it. We got to take care of the heart, right? If we neglect the heart, we die. You know, we don't go into the mirror looking at our heart. You know, I see some of y'all got your heads busted, Right? Because you went in the mirror, you looked at that, right? And it cost for some of y'all to get y'all heads. Cost hours of time and money, correct? Come on, I get some amens here. You know, you worked, you worked on them heads, right? You're trying to like, not me, uh, this, is always, this is my natural, right? <laughs> no, 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 right? But as much as you paid for to get that head busted, let something happen to your heart. See what it cost you. So it's not seen. It's behind the scenes, but it's our key to elevation, right? Even the Bible says God doesn't look, doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at that heart, right? So keeping it real, he appreciates you operating the level of excellence and taking care of your head and everything else, you know, your suit. But he's really looking at what's going on with that heart, Right? And so how he takes care of that heart to make sure it's ready to drive for his use is what's going on behind the scenes when no one's looking, right? Right? All right, so, so uh, until we arrive at our destiny of purpose, there's some things that we probably want to do, all right? Until we arrive. Let's go to Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Again, we're talking about how to elevate behind the scenes. Now, that's hard because... We always want to be up front. When I, when I started working for the church and I did uh, PE with the, with the kids and, um, at the church I worked at, you know, I remember, okay, let's line up. We're going to go outside for activities. Everybody was running to be first, knocking each other down, you know, because everybody wanted to be first, right? Nobody wanted to strategically be behind the scenes. Right. Some of us have grown up and we're the same way, knocking people down, sabotaging people, talking, you know, trying to create uh, uh, so the boss wouldn't like the other person so you can get the position. Not knowing when you sow that, there's going to be a bunch of people that's going to try to sabotage you to take your position. <laughs> right? Uh, but just learning how to elevate behind the scenes. So, so Proverbs 20, and I said Proverbs 20, right? All right, so let's, let's focus on, on uh, verse 6. We're going to read verse 7 also. It says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm sweet. <laughs> but a faithful man who can find. Now, that's a contrast. Proverbs is always a contrast. It says, most people is, are, are uh, approving themselves, boasting on themselves, acknowledging themselves. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the relationship. I'm ready. Like, like, why are we upset? Why are we upset in the strategic position we're in? Because we, we were like, well, I don't understand what the holdup is. I'm ready. Right? So we just approved ourselves. We didn't ask God, was we ready? Why did we jump out there and get involved in a situation that's, that we're carrying around the guilt of it to this day? 
Because we thought we was ready for that and we could handle that, right? Right? We didn't ask God. We approved ourselves. But it says a faithful man. Interesting. A faithful. Now, we always say under the cover of man is male and female, right? But, but a, a faithful male or female, who can find? Who can find somebody that will allow themselves to embrace the preparation for purpose? And then verse 7 says, a just man, a just male or female walketh in their integrity, right? See, see, integrity is who you are behind the scenes when no one's looking. So there's a, there's a consistency and a sameness behind the scenes. So who are you when no one's looking, right? So that person walketh or liveth in integrity, his children are blessed after him because they're building on that integrity, right? Proverbs 28, let's go there real quick. Again, we're talking about how to elevate behind the scenes. Proverbs 28, and we'll lock in here on verse 20. Verse 20, Proverbs 28, 20. It says, a faithful man, there's that word faithful. And faithful is sameness. So circumstances don't change. Time doesn't change. Delay doesn't change. I'm faithful. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, be flooded with blessings. But he that maketh haste. So it's giving you a contrast of the difference between someone that's faithful or not. He that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Right? So, so that person that's rushing into things. And we was talking about this in Bible study fellowship because you rush outside of your preparation, you won't be able to handle what your gifting is going to produce. Right? So yes, you're gifted. Yes, you can do some things. But that don't mean you can handle once it, once it produces what it's going to produce. All right, so God is trying to make sure you don't just visit the purpose or visit the gift, but that you not just obtain, but you maintain and reproduce, right? All right, so this living behind the scenes, being faithful behind the scenes, operating integrity behind the scenes, um, being patient behind the scenes, this is, a, uh, is what we call living in the face of God. Living in the face of God. Now, 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 think about it. How many of us want to live in the face of God? Right? Some couple of people put their hands up. Now, think about this. Just think about God's with you all the time. In all the things you do, all the choices you make, all the things you get involved in, God's right there watching. Look, <laughs> Stella had like a, ugh. <laughs> right? See, because we said living in the face of God. And we're looking at, you know, I just want to be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, that's nice. But we're talking about under God's supervision. <laughs> right? Because we kind of pretend he ain't there. I heard Z say he's with me all the time. Right? But we kind of pretend he ain't there. Obviously, when we're making those choices, we wouldn't make those choices if we really saw God. Right? But see, but if I'm... If I'm, if I'm <laughs> are we alright so if I'm really behind the scenes and, and allowing myself I'm standing in the face of God see I'm not going to be tempted to run out of the face of God because that's enough man I just don't oh you ever you, you know how sometimes you want to stay behind the scenes in life because if I'm up front people are going to be watching me you know they got expectations you know you could say the wrong scripture quote the wrong thing say something that ain't really in the Bible because you really didn't research that far Somebody can ask you a question after you're speaking about what you said, and you just researched what to say. You didn't research how to, what they were going to ask, right? So now it's like, uh, um, uh, see, that's why I don't want to be up here in the first place, right? Right? You know, so, you know, after that moment, you ever, like, yeah, around here, everybody teaches on Fast Week. You ever taught, and then after you taught, you're just like, I hope he don't ask me for another three years. You ever felt like that? Like, as much as I thought I wanted to do this, this was nice. It was cute and everything. But if he don't ask me for the next three years, I'm okay. You know, you know like, you know, like when we talk about fast week coming up in December, you know some people are going to be called out. There's some people that already know they're teaching, but some people are going to just make surprise, right? And you know how you put your head down, Justina? You know how you like, you just, all of a sudden you got to go to the bathroom when we start talking about fast week, Right? Why is that? Because when I'm up front, I better come correct, right? 
Make that right, Gerard. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm leading, I better know what I'm talking about because people are going to, even though they following, I'm the leader. I'm in charge. Right? But who's really in charge? The people you serving, ain't you? Because they're like, so James, you said you know your stuff, right? What about this? You know, you notice the people asking the questions don't even have, like, they didn't even go through the training. But they got all the questions, right? What y'all been clapping for? You going through this? No, you ain't going through it. You took me through it. That's what you had. <laughs> He's asking all the questions. What, what about this situation? Hey, so pastor, uh, what about this? And so I was flipping on him. Yeah, why don't you expound? <laughs> yeah, expound. You brought it up. <laughs> yeah, but you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because up front, man, you got to be right. Like, like when you take a platform, you better know what you're talking about. And, and around here, it's recorded. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so what God says is, hey, if you stay behind the scenes when you are up front, you, you, you won't be dealing with that, that anxiety of, oh, my God. See, the, the fast weeks, please don't run from fast week because I'm about to make this statement. The fast weeks are set up. Oh, the platform's going to get bigger. There's going to be greater opportunity. Don't be shaking your head, Todd. You got to be obedient if God tells you something to do. You about to teach fast week coming up. What are you talking about? He, no bigger, no bigger, Pastor. No bigger, no bigger, no bigger. We just keep it at fast week. No, no, no. It's, it's God's moving you to other levels. Right? Right? So you're getting your, you know, you're getting your reps, you know, with, with the intimate family so you can deal with, you know, the world. I said that on purpose. The world, the world is watching you, right? So, so, so I said that because during this time of behind the scenes, living in the face of God, this is this is what, this is how you operate. One, do what you can do. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just do what you can do, because there's some things you can do. But you're like, well, since I can't do everything, and since I don't know everything, I ain't doing nothing. No, do what you could do, right? Hey, hey, be willing to mess up. We was talking about this uh, this morning. Display the cracks. Be willing to look bad. Make some mistakes. Make some mistakes and allow someone to correct you, right? So do what you can do. Now, when you do what you can do, you're going to make mistakes. Newsflash, we learn from mistakes. Mistakes are good. We don't think they are because we're perfectionists, but they're good. If you just hide until you can do things perfect, you ain't going to do nothing. Ever. Right? So make mistakes. Some of the greatest people doing great things have made mistakes. Right? All right, so you're going to make mistakes. Now, when you make the mistake, this is key. Right? Don't rush out of the mistake. That's big. Don't rush out of a mistake. You know, you make a mistake, you're trying to rush to fix. You ever make a mistake and hurt somebody and you want to rush for them to heal? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, one person. Yeah, you know, because you, you, you know, like, you wait. So I've made her mad, believe it or not. I know that's hard to believe because I'm such a great guy. But I've actually made Pastor Mel mad before. I said before, like, like one time. Like, so, so, I, so I made her mad on, on you know, I was going to say that, but if you're going to get in the sermon, I'm going to flip it. I'm about to flip it. All right. So, so quite a bit of occasions. We've been together for, 30, we've known each other for 30 years, married for 29. So believe it or not, I've made her upset quite a bit of occasions. And in the early years, I wanted to rush the process. Listen, okay, I blew it. Okay, all right, all right. Get over it, will ya? <laughs> it ain't that serious, right? Yeah, of course it's not that serious because it ain't affecting me. You know what I'm saying? So I want to get, like, like, uh, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Heal, heal, heal. God, heal her. Right? You know, I'm just trying to rush it. But no, you can't rush it. She has to go through her process. Now, in the early years, no one told me that I didn't get the advanced information. You know what I'm saying? Nobody told me it was going to take a minute. So while it's taking a minute, I got to deal with the fact that I, I, I created this effect. This whole time. Like, you know, you, I got to see her face. I got to, you know, I got to walk on the eggshells. 
Babe. Babe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to go through all that, right? But you can't rush out of it, right? You got to. So it's one thing I used to tell the, the kids I coach. I said, never rush out of a mistake. You know, so, so what happens is basketball, you know, you're dribbling. You know, I'm the point guard. This guy, he's open over here. So Gerard's open. And I see Gerard open. But when I, when I see him, I fumble the ball. I lose it. I make a mistake. So the ball falls all the way over here. Well, what the guys would do is they would rush to get the ball and then throw it to where Gerard was. Or they would throw it to where Gerard's at, but the defense saw he was open too. So by the time now he throw the ball now, it's either intercepted or Gerard's no longer in that location. So they rushed out of one mistake, compounded it by creating another one. So what I would tell them to do is you can only do what you can do when you make a mistake. If you fumble the ball, go get it. Pick it up. Reset and see what's available now. I'm not just talking about basketball, right? The window of that opportunity I missed. <laughs> right? So now, since I made the mistake, I, now I have to reroute to take advantage of the next available opportunity instead of rushing out of, like we're living in that same mistake. It's over. <laughs> it is, it's over. You don't even have to fix it. You just have to see what's available now. You gotta reroute and God will work it out for your good, right? But you're still living off of that same mistake. Forget that. It's over. Right? It's okay. Hey, you're not by yourself. I'm with you. We're all on the same team. It's called the we made some dumb mistake team. The interesting thing is we didn't even have to try out. <laughs> we just showed up. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely on the team, Keith. Come on. Matter of fact, we're going to start you. You make so many mistakes. That was me. All right? I'm not the only one. All right, so let's look here at Psalm 106. Psalm 106, 13, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Psalm 106, 13. I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version. It says, but they hastily forget his works. They did not earnestly wait for his plans to develop regarding them. And so, so, so the children of Israel operating and, and think about it, in the wilderness, before they, listen to all these, before they got to the wilderness, what you got? The locust plagues, you got uh, the water turning into blood, you got fire, brimstone, right? Like, it was just like 10 plagues, like all types of stuff. Just to deliver them. Well, I'm going to show how powerful I am. And with, with, the people that got my children in bondage, when they recognize my power, be like, listen, man. Because this is what happened. They were like, listen, man, just let, let, let them go, man. Whatever, man. Like, this is crazy out here. Like, just, I, I, I can't take, I'm overwhelmed by, by God's power and how he's applying it. I just can't take, just let, let them go. See, power overwhelms the enemy. Not your mouth. Right? Not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of power. Right? And so, so but what happened was it's not that God's not powerful. It's not that God doesn't want to deliver you. We forget God. And we are putting our hands on our present situations as opposed to waiting on the same God that got us out before. I know I said before. Right? Same God. Right? But now, I'm in a different situation now, Venetia. This is a special situation. So I, I need to worry a little more in this situation. I need to panic more in this situation. I need to tell the people that are advising me they don't understand this situation. This situation is different. So all that you're telling me, you don't understand this. Let, wait, wait. Shut up with your wisdom that you're giving me. Let me explain to you. Could you just stop talking about 
the words, scriptures, and all that. Listen, everything ain't spiritual. I need you to hear the, the chaos and the craziness so you understand the demise. Because before you give me information, I need you to endorse or prove my panic. I need you to prove my worry. I need you to, to, to justify me being all over the place. And then you can tell me how to get out. Now, I know I'm sinking while I'm talking to you, but that's not the point. The point is, you need to know this is special. <laughs> and you don't realize this is special. You're telling me what I could do, what I can do, what I could have done. And I don't want to really, I, you're, I feel bad right now. Because I feel like I was supposed to do something that I didn't do. And I don't want to hear about that right now. I want you to understand this is special. And once you confirm it's special, use all your energy for that, then you can talk about whatever you was going to talk about. Because I know what I need, and if you, if you recognize how special this is, you're going to change what you were going to tell me and customize it because this is special. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with that picture? Uh, Z over there in her Asheville language, self. Self. It's self, Pastor. She come back and forth. You know, she go from, you know, high class to to country Asheville. You know, Asheville got levels, you know what I'm saying? You got the bougie Ash Asheville and then country Asheville. She just be going back and forth, you know. <laughs> Self. All right, so Psalm 14. Let's just. I already said in the 915, I, we have relationships so we can say certain things to people. So don't be like, I can't believe he said that. Why are he putting it out there like that? I, we have a relationship. We family. Right? I wouldn't say that to you because you're sensitive. Did you hear me say names? I guarantee somebody was saying what you're trying to say. You're sensitive. Out there sitting on your couch. All right, so Psalm 14, 6. Right? Is that right? No, nah, that's not what I'm looking for, though. I had a whole nother breakdown here. Maybe it was Proverbs. Oh, no. That's right. This, this is good. Amplify it. I have to amplify it. It says, you evildoers would put to shame and confound the plans of the poor and patient, but the Lord is his safe refuge. Look, look his, the Lord has him hidden behind the scenes. So you're trying to shame and confuse their plans um, because right now they're without purpose. They're without platform. And they're being patient. And you're, you're, you're trying to dog them out and rush them through. What are they waiting for? I know you ain't waiting for that God to show up. I just know you are not. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You say something holy. I know you're about to say something holy. Oh, are you kidding me? Man, just jump out here and do this. Like their advice and their plans is going to fulfill you. They ain't come from God. Stay in God's refuge, right? Stay in God's refuge, right? Pastor Mel said this, she was teaching a while ago. She says, this is the thing about staying in, in, in uh, behind the scenes and going through the process. She said, if you rush, you miss the journey. If you miss the journey, you miss the appreciation. So you may get there, but you'll, you'll, you won't appreciate being there. You'll take it for granted, right? She also said this, if you cheat the process or the test, you cheat the testimony. Right? And we know you overcome them by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Right? You cheat the testimony. Because you, you, you're talking to people like you've been there the whole time. You arrived. Not you went through. And you can relate how they're going through. Right? And uh, she made this comment also, some hustle through but can't even share the process. Look, look, 
So if I hustled through, I didn't even see how I got there. So as you're going through, I can't even share with you, you know, I went that way too, but I don't even remember how I even, what path I took. So figure it out for yourself. No, I'm going through. I'm embracing the process to get through. I have the details to help you to get through too. So I call you up, Venetia. Yo, I, I, no, don't go that way. No, no. With all due respect, could you shut up and listen? Don't go that way. No, no, no. I just said don't go that way. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking to me. All right. Just go this way. Go this way because I've already been through that way, right? I'm just picking. You know, I love you, right? Yeah. Right. So, 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 so now once you get it, because I've already gone that way, now you're going to run into some stuff I didn't go through. All your faith and patience is for that, not to go through the same thing I went through. I remember years ago, my son was like, well, Dad, you went through your stuff. Let me go through mine. I said, cool. Go through your stuff, not mine. Why are you going through my stuff? I said, it's like me getting back on the cross. Jesus already did that. I said, son, go through your own experiences. Learn from mine. See, if we go, well, you went through your stuff. How you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you so you don't go through what I went through. Now what I went through was worth it. That doesn't exempt that you're going to go through stuff. You still will. Just not my stuff. All right? Does that make sense? All right. So how can you overcome them with no testimony? No test pass? It's impossible. And this is what's tough. A lot of us are in tests and have experienced tests or, go, or about to go through tests. But we dismiss them all as impossible. So I'm going to use this scenario. Um, uh, she she uh, countered it after. But uh, so I'm trying to think of what she was doing. Oh, okay. So, so my wife was changing the clocks today. So she changed one set of clocks. You got the microwave and then you got the stove. So she just changed one set of clocks. So she started changing the second, the, the, the stove. And as she started doing it, she said, man, I can't do this. Then she caught herself. She says, I don't have time to do it. I don't know if she caught herself because she just got the revelation. Or she caught herself because she, she realized I was about to say something. <laughs> she said both, right? Why? Because the thing is, how quick do we go to I can't? When it's not really that you can't, you haven't. Yeah, I just tell the kids this when I work with, in, with the little kids. I can't do that. No, 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 no. You haven't done it. You're a kid. <laughs> Some of us have graduated to adults saying the same thing. I can't. No, you haven't. I just don't understand the word. No, you haven't understood the word. That's why we go in and rightly divide it. Right? It's, it's supposed to be, remember, it, it, you go through the agony, right? Then, right? then the appetite and then the amusement, right? It doesn't start out, nothing, it doesn't start out comfortable. Does that make sense? All right, so, so uh, let's see, I want to give you this. All right, so, <laughs> Let's not dismiss away the test as impossible. The blood and our testimony, see, when we do that, the blood and our testimony enduring the temptation is what helps other people get over. Uh, you know, and it teaches us not to live our lives, like, but to, to live our lives unto death, meaning not to operate in vanity, to present yourself as a living sacrifice. So every time you go through a test, it's really still in the life of the flesh, making way for the spirit. It's breaking you. Not, not your spirit, man. It's breaking the, the natural man that's in the way. Except the corner we fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. Why? That seed goes in the ground. It deals with pressure. The pressure breaks it and releases what's in it. So you got to, you, you, we're not running from brokenness. We're embracing brokenness. Because that's going to release what's in our spirit. Only thing that's going to break is what's in the way, and that's us, right? What's in the way is who? Okay. <clears throat> I thought somebody said, you, you, you're in the way. All right, 
All right, so, 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 and when it breaks us, it's breaking the vanity that's in the way, right? Loving our lives more than the purpose for our lives. Loving our lives more than the purpose for our lives. That's what vanity is, right? Loving our lives more than the purpose of our lives. And so, so, what we want to do is faithfully endure every purpose test to forge a fulfilling testimony. Now, that's rare. Endure every purpose test. Now, some of us have failed tests, right? Can I get a show of hands? People fail tests. I just want to see who, who's honest in the house, right? Everybody's hand should have went up. <laughs> if your hand didn't go up, just I've been commissioned to let you know you've been failing tests. That's what the hold up is, all right? Just don't realize what it is. So you just, you've converted the failure into an excuse instead of embracing the failure and learning from it. You know, you've come up with a philosophy, you know, that nobody's perfect or, you know, this is who I am. No, it's not who you are. It's you wasn't able to have the strength to pass the test. You're not by yourself. Just some of us are learning from these things. And some of us are excusing them and staying stuck in the mud, right? Uh, and, and that's what, that's, so when you hasty try to rush out of a mistake, not embrace what you should have learned from it, right? That's why uh, you, the hasty never see purpose. That's the thing. People that are hasty never see purpose. They experience temporal success. They, it, obviously they experience temporary pleasure, but they never see purpose, and, and that's where our frustration is. Frustration is forged through the lack of evolving faith, going through the process. We're frustrated because we didn't evolve. We just rushed at every stage. And then we just lived this rushed, overwhelming life. Well, I feel uncomfortable, so I need pleasure right now. No, you need to endure to the end. Right? We good? The scripture says this in Romans 8, 9, 19 20 through 22. It says, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of God. All creation is groaning and travailing for God's people to get in their rightful place. Waiting for God's people to pass the test. And so we, we, you know, we complain, if there's a God, why is it so dark in this world? What kind of God would allow this to happen? No, God sent us here. He sent us here as the ambassadors for heaven to be on earth. That's what we're supposed to be praying for, to be on earth as it is in heaven. He sent us to colonize the earth realm and to convert the earth realm into his kingdom. And as we learned in Bible school yesterday, the kingdom is established through our obedience to God's original plan for our design. So... God is getting a bad rap for our irresponsibility. Once again, we're denial to our mistakes, our disobedience. The Bible says having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, 2 Corinthians 10, 6, right? So where is our job to establish God's kingdom? It's our job for us to create a heaven on earth life. And so all creation is groaning and travailing for us to get in our rightful place. Some people are in search of purpose. Their purpose is in your platform. If you don't get in place, they don't get in place. They're constantly looking for, uh, you know, the, the, the business they're supposed to work for, but you ain't doing it. You know, they're supposed to be the editor for your publishing company, but you don't have one. They're supposed to be your assistant minister, but you're not in ministry. Right? Everybody's waiting for us to get in the rightful place, but we we doing our own thing. We entrepreneurs building nothing. Right? But, but when we get in God's place, then other people get in place. You see what I'm saying? Like, so all creation is, is groaning and travailing. Because people aren't designed to just serve anybody. My wife was working for a company, a mortgage company. Um, and this is when uh, Too Big to Fail, when, you know, the, the mortgage industry crashed. So, so 
Pastor Mel can sell you your shoes. So she negotiated the contract um, where she got paid even if she didn't close loans. Well, that works out fine when they was pushing loans. You know, because, you know, she, you know, they making so much money, that little 1500 or whatever every, every, didn't mean nothing. Well, when everything crashed, no loans are being closed. But, but at, nobody else in the office that I know of was getting paid but her. It wasn't a draw. They owed her the money because she negotiated the contract. So this is a young guy. This young guy, you know, I don't know what, how old we were. How old we were? It was late 30s, maybe? So this guy's like 27. So one day, I said, so, babe, uh, uh, we got to go do such and such. We got to be there at such and such time. She says, well, I can't leave yet. I said, why not? He didn't give me my check yet. Now, he would, when they was closed loans, every, like clockwork, 9 o'clock, you get your check. He made it her way to the end of the day. Now, my first thought was, this little whatever. That's my first thought, you know, just go to the job kind of. But I thought about it. I said, it's not his fault. My wife is not designed to help his vision. He don't know how to take care of her. I got to get in place because she's designed to help the vision God gave us. So it ain't his fault that we ain't where we supposed to be. So that created more of a diligence and discipline for me to get in God's face to make sure we were supposed to be where we supposed to be. Because I got my wife out there working for people that don't know how to abuse her. Because they're not designed to take care of her. They were just using her. And exploiting her. Right? Why get quiet on that one? Right, so the scripture talks about the sought-out ones. We're the sought-out ones, but we got to be in place. So I wanted to read this, this quote to you because I thought it was uh, fitting. I've, I've read it before, I don't know, maybe twice, um, but I thought it was powerful. So it says this. Raylan said, amen. He, he knew what I was going to read. He's already been talking to God and, you know, um, kids spend time in the presence of the Lord even when they're here on the earth around, more than we do. So, so it is time for an encounter with my presence, God is saying. And when the weight of my glory collides with your preparation, assuming you are preparing yourself behind the scenes. So, so when the weight of my glory collides with your preparation and your obedience, you are going to experience unstoppable momentum. You will see divine acceleration. That's by Helen Calder. I'm, I'm going to repeat it. Um, it is time for an encounter with my presence. Remember, I talked about living face-to-face with God. And when the weight of my glory collides with your preparation and your obedience, right? We talked about that at school yesterday, right, Gerard? Right? You are going to experience unstoppable momentum. You will see divine acceleration. See, the thing is, the weight of God's glory shows up looking for preparation, Completed and obedience. But a lot of times it finds disobedience and the unprepared. So it can't, it's designed to fuel momentum and acceleration. Right? All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Embrace our preparation and embrace our obedience. Now, now so this, this behind the scenes, uh, in, in the little bit of time I have left, this behind the scenes is what we call being in covert. You know, you have a covert mission. You're on a mission. You're just not seen. Remember I had Isaac walking with me and you know, he just popped up, you know. You're just not seen. So, so basically what we're, what we're being challenged to do is to be conquerors in covert. Conquerors in covert. Conquerors in covert. Now, now, uh, what covert means is to be, uh, it's a covered way. So, so it's, it's a path, but you really can't see. It's camouflaged. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a preparation hiding place, a shelter, a lair, or a hut, or a den, right? Um, but it's, 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 strategic, it's a strategic position where it, 
behind the scenes, you're elevating, but up front, it looks like you ain't going nowhere. See, because if, if, if you were seen too soon, someone would try to sabotage and stop you. But since they can't see you, they're paying you no mind. They don't even see you coming. So they, they're kind of like, don't have to worry about that fool, right? But the whole time, they can't see because they would have to be looking through the lenses, spiritual lenses to see the unseen. They can't see. So they're just like, so, so, so you have a lot less opposition because you seem to be unassuming when the whole time God's moving you in position, right? Uh, so, so, so I thought about this as I was meditating on this covert or, or, or example or, you know, you know, as I was trying to move up the line with basketball, I just watched different people, whether it was Michael Jordan, different uh, point guards, learning how to be a general. But to learn how to really win in covert or be a conqueror in covert, you got to watch Jesus, man. You got to watch Jesus. Uh, Matthew 8. Let's look at Matthew 8. So I was just thinking through, because one might say, well, Jesus, we already know who Jesus was because we're reading the Bible, man. <laughs> like, you know, we're reading about him, you know what I'm saying? But, but Jesus showed up behind the scenes. Remember, he gave up the glory so you wouldn't see him coming. <laughs> Emptied himself of glory. And took on flesh. Right? That's why he came into his own and they received him not. They, couldn't, they didn't even recognize him. He walking up like, like we the fellas, you know, because he just came from heaven. Hey, man, how you doing? It's like, Yo, my man, we know you? Who you with? Like, who, 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 who can vouch for you? Man, you better roll up out of here, man. People just don't come around Galilee like that. Right? That's how they was dealing with him. And you know, he's probably like, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's it. oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You really don't know who I am right now. All right, so this is Matthew 8. It says, uh, well, we're going to target verse 3 and 4, but let's start at verse 1. It says, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Right? And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He was healed, right? And Jesus said unto him, look, look at Jesus. Jesus said unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer, make an offering, uh, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them, right? So, so I basically tell him, you, you sow seed to appreciate the impact God has in your life, right? But the interesting thing is he said, don't tell nobody. It, it was me. Because it's not time for me to be revealed yet, right? But my, my covert is not more important than your healing. So I'm going to make sure you get healed, even though this could draw a little attention, right? <laughs> he, said, he says, uh, but, but tell no man, uh, Matthew 16. Let's go there, Matthew 16. So you're talking about one of the greatest men ever uh, wasn't trying to rush from behind the scenes. All right, so this is good. This is good because uh, this is kind of Jesus doing an inquiry, right? Matthew 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, hmm, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Then they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets, because they, they really couldn't see him, you know. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Because you guys have been some, spent some time with me. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. Now, now it's key that he recognized he was the Christ, right? He said, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, oh, blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, there's no way you would even recognize me if God hadn't have told you something. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, this revelation, this foundation, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, 
And whatsoever thou shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever, whatsoever thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Look, verse 20. Then he charged his, uh, he, his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus' key thing, the Christ. He says, so he's processing the whole thing. He's like, okay, I'm at a certain stage. I'm about to go to a certain stage, but let me, let me feel this out. Let me just see what's going on. He says, what, what is everybody else saying? All right. He's basically, he's like, okay, they don't see me. I'm still behind the scenes. Okay, well, what do you guys see? So most of them were saying the same thing. They couldn't see, but Peter tapped into the heaven realm. And the heaven realm showed him, oh, no, no, you ain't just Jesus, the carpenter. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one and the anointing. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is all through you. He said, now, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. I only had this conversation for you to understand that's the foundation I'm going to be building. Uh, we're building everything on. That those that tap into God will see stuff that other people don't see. We'll see stuff that's in covert. We'll see the mysteries. We'll see the deep things of God. Right? We'll see things, we'll see beyond the scene, beyond the circumstances, beyond the crazy, beyond the mishaps, beyond their own mistakes. Those that tap into me will see the, the treasures hidden in earthen vessels. We'll see all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians 3.1. Those that tap into me will see what's in covert, walk with a confidence as if they have nothing that they see that they do have. Those that can't see will walk in denial and confusion and, and worry and stress because all they'll see is the scene. But Scripture says, don't look on the things that you see for it's temporal. Look on the things that you can't see in covert for they're eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18. You see what I'm saying? Like, so he was, he was showing, even when I leave, there's a way you can tap in to see what no one can see. That's why at the church we always say what? Fight to see. Fight to see. He said, tell no man. So they really didn't see the Christ in Jesus until he was resurrected. Right? Remember, he came on the road uh, of Emmaus. He was talking with him. You know, so, so, you know, he went through the, the crucifixion. They're talking about their experience and, you know, and different things like that. And so he started breaking down everything from the prophets up to now to talk about him, and he's standing with them. Then he leaves, and they go, wait a minute. Didn't our hearts burn? Hold on a second. We was with Jesus. Right? We didn't even see him. See, they, they started to see some things when he was resurrected. Some people are going to see some things when you're resurrected. So stay in covert. They don't need to see it now. They ain't going to be able to handle it. They're going to be envious and jealous. See, you be rushing into situations, and now you got to deal with a whole lot of nonsense. Right? They're going to be sabotaging. So, what are we going to do? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, so we're going to get this. We're going to buy this. We're going to do that. So you are. Man, God bless you, man. God bless you. Yeah, I'm going to sabotage that. <laughs> we'll see if that's going to happen. Get around them. Get there ahead of them. You know, what do you think about Jimmy? You know, I mean, you know, Jimmy, I mean, I know he seems like a good employee and everything, but I was talking to him the other day, and he, he kind of was boasting about, uh, the different levels he's going to go through in the company. Like he was going to start his own and maybe be the competition. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying he said that, said that, but I'm just saying that could have been what he possibly was saying when I was talking to him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know Jimmy, your boy, but, you know, I'm just saying, you might want to think about it. Uh, hey, Jimmy, how you doing, man? Uh, so... I don't know, Jimmy, I'm thinking about rechanging your position right now, you know. I mean, I appreciate all that you do, but I just don't want you to have as much influence that you have right now. You know, just in this season, that's all. And Jimmy's tripping like, where is this coming from? Not knowing, ran his mouth, came from behind the scenes, who he spoke to, ran ahead, and sabotaged. Because we talk too much. Instead of just relax, just stay behind the scenes. Right? 
Let God work it out. Let God resurrect you from there. Could you, could you just try it? Try to trust God, right? Stop it. Right? <laughs> so, so remember, they didn't see him until he was resurrected. Even the centurion, uh, you, can, you can write down a scripture, but in Luke 23, so, so you know, it says the veil was rent. It said the ground started to shake. Jesus gave up the ghost. At, this is uh, Luke 23, 46 and 47. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God saying, certainly this man was righteous. The centurion realized it was the son of God the whole time. Didn't realize it until he was resurrected. He was in support of, of, of him being nailed. Didn't get him off the cross. But once, he, once he, he, the power showed up and he was resurrected, he was like, oh my God, this is the son of God. This, this is not... Uh, uh, Biblical or anything. I just like referencing it all the time. Like the Temptations, the movie The Temptations, when the guy that was singing with him and caused a fight on New Year's, and then when they were singing on the F- Ed Sullivan show, he was in a bar. Man, man, I was like, I was with the group, man. I was with the group. Like I was in the ministry. I was a part of the business. I was on the team. Like I was like, I, I, I was a key person. No, for real, man, I was a key person on the team. Man, you weren't on the team, man. You weren't with the team. You ain't sing with them. Nah, not for real, man. I was like, I, like, like I was like, I did leads and stuff. Sure you did. Right? Why? All because he couldn't handle the process. So he left. He, 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 he didn't like somebody else being up front. As opposed to waiting for his birthday. Right? But then when they, were, when they were, had a big platform, he was sitting there drinking. Man, how many people are going to say that when God put you on your platform? Man, I should have appreciated them a little bit more. Maybe I should have stayed connected. All right, okay. <laughs> let's, let's end. Yeah, let's end with this passage here, okay? First Corinthians 2. This, this is, I did that so 1 Corinthians 2 would make more sense. I'm going to read that and amplify it, right? 1 Corinthians 2, we're going to start at verse 4. Now, of course, the King James says, verse 4 and 5, that my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, what was in demonstration of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God, right? Right? But the Amplified breaks it down and says, in my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive or enticing and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Look, a proof of the Spirit and the power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. So if you're in power, you don't have to keep being a cheerleader, right? Power will move them. It says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, human philosophy, right? What they're saying, what's tweeted, what's Facebooked or whatever. It says, but in the power of God. So, so I have faith in one of the manifested power of God, not just who, who can, who's the best orator in the room, right? What feel good, who's uh, the, the, the rapper with flavors. I knew this was going to come up. We're driving this morning. I don't know if, if Jaquil saw it, but this guy, like, actually, she sped past us when we was on a 45, but when it was time to get off the exit, we're, we're right behind him, right? And so, so, let me see. He had a sticker on his window, and it said, always late, but more than worth it. It said, always late. So he's basically saying, hey, you with me, I'm always late. But I'm more than worth it. This is what, that's what he said. It was on a sticker. So, so basically, he's, he's announcing, I'm always late. Yo, but I'm worth it. You know. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So... He came up with a philosophy to justify not being on time. 
And I just converted it into, oh, you need to wait for me. Not, I need to challenge myself to be on time. Right? And so, <laughs> philosophies, right? If faith doesn't stand in philosophies, but in the power of God. It says, yet when we were among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, that's what spiritually mature Christians are, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden, previously in covert. So he says, reserve, it says, remember, in the scripture says, oh, they ain't going to understand it. The natural man doesn't understand the things of God for they're spiritually discerned, right? Right. So it says, uh, but indeed, where was that? Oh, previously here, it says, but it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age, who being brought to nothing are doomed to pass away. It says, but rather what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding, once in covert, now revealed to us by God, that wisdom, which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification, to lift us into glory of his presence. So only, only we're going to get it and only we're going to be lifted, right? It says, none of the rulers of this age or world perceived and recognized and understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because they would have saw the plan. It says, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what I has seen and ear has not heard has not entered in the heart of man. Right? All that God has prepared made and keeps ready for, made and keeps ready and covert for those who love him, who hold on, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, and gratefully reckon, recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the, the profound and bottomless things or deep things, the divine counsel and things hidden Beyond man's scrutiny. See, see, so, so, so it's saying you're in covert. God is going to reveal you. You're going to get secret information. But, but only those that are cutting out all the world noise, noise, the world's noise and conformity is even going to get it. So you ever be in a situation like, I don't understand, how's that happening? They got inside information. They got covert information. And there's people sitting around, I was there. Does it make sense to me? Well, you can't hear it through the other noise you're taking in. Remember who's got your ear? Remember the message? Who's got your ear? You can't hear it through the ungodly counsel. Yeah, yes. It, the ungodly counsel has flavor and swag. Me, me and my nephew was talking about a rapper, you know, a lot of confidence, but I remember when he, uh, right before he passed, I was like, I, I saw him in a movie. I was like, is that the same? <laughs> I was like, that the same dude? <laughs> totally a shell of himself. But was speaking confident the whole time until he ran into the results of his choices. So we can confidently communicate our compromise. We can confidently justify our compromise. But all we're doing is taking in information that's clouding us from the secret information that's ultimately going to reveal our fulfillment. That's why. That's why you can be patient. Because if you're supposed to be going, I know something. I don't understand why you are upset about the day promoted them. They didn't give you the promotion. Uh, I don't know why you're not freaking out over here. Because I know something. Oh, it's, it's, Mr. Bradley, I mean, we're moving locations. Why aren't you panicking? Because I know something. Wait a minute, you're about to take that position? You're going to leave a secure position to an unsecure position? Oh, no, 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 no. I know something. Wait a minute, you're not going to a city you've never been before with just you and your wife and $1,625 to start a church. 
And you're going to leave the position you're in. You're already working full time. You have access to all these different people in this state. You you guys are comfortable. Why would you do that? Because we know something. Why you ain't tripping because they tripped on you? Because we know something. Do you know something? Because you can. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. He'll reveal you to you. See, I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. I know something. 1 John 2, 20. That's it. The peace is I know something. Don't make a difference to circumstances. Don't make a difference to crowds. Don't make a difference. I just, we know something. Steadfast. Remember we did the message unshakable? When you know something, you're unshakable. When you don't, you panic. All right, stand on your feet. That's all for today.